telling people outside. Yeah, people can Uh-oh. hear us outside. Did you guys hear us when we were? A little bit, actually. Yeah? Yeah. All right. One, two. Okay, hold on. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Blacklist. This show is all about interviewing the elite to see how they got to where they are and how they stay in power. Right now, we have my man, Joel Yee. Fuck, let me, let me do that one more time. Okay, ready? Go ahead. I'm actually just going to say your first name, so that way I don't... Yeah, just do Joel. It's good. Or yeah, Joel, Joel, yeah. Joel. Okay. J- Joel or Joel? Joel is good. I like Joel. Joel, yeah. All right, ready? Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Blacklist. This show is where we interview the elite to see how they got to power and how they stay in power. Right now, we have my man, Joel. And Joel, for people that don't know who you are, give yourself like an introduction. Sure, sure. I would say uh, my claim to fame was I was actually the sales director for a guy called Dan Locke. Yeah. So back in 2018, pretty pretty big. Up yeah, there with... Yeah. Up there with Grant Cardone and with uh, Ty Lopez, right? So right. I was the sales director there, and I had a sales team of about 110 people. So I kind of worked my chops, got better at my game, you know, managing sales teams, uh, helping coach, manage, recruit, all that stuff. Uh, I also was fortunate enough to, to learn a lot of marketing, right? Copywriting, marketing strategies. And so I actually left the company five months ago yeah. and started my own businesses. So today we run a private equity firm, and we also have my personal brand that I'm growing as a sales consultancy. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So walk me through both of those. Um, what are you doing with the private equity firm? And then after you're done with that, talk to me about your personal brand stuff, because I know you through the personal branding right, side, right? Right. Yeah. So the private equity stuff is interesting because we stumbled upon it by accident. Yeah. Accident meaning um, I had a buddy of mine uh, invest with Henry, who was an options trader, who he one day was like, hey, I kind of need your help, right? Like you did, you did, you did some cool things at Dan. Can you kind of help do that at mine? Do the yeah. same thing. And I was like, okay, I didn't want to be an employee no more, right? I was done with that. So I was like, we could do something, but it has to be like equity and profit share. Right. He was like, okay, we're in. Yeah. And I actually got my, my wife, Jaden, who's awesome at like the support stuff and the refunds, the chargeback and dispute fighting and stuff like that. So yep. it was her, myself, Henry. We formed a partnership and that was our first like roll-up deal because now we own 30% of his company. Yeah. And since then, we've added three more companies to our portfolio. So we've got like four companies that we manage now and run and they're all multi-seven-figure companies. Yeah, and, and that's so that's all M&A stuff, and you barely started that like five months ago? Yeah, like, damn. and by accident too, because like I said, he reached out to me and was like, yeah. hey, could you help me? Yeah. You know? And I, I wasn't planning on that at all. And I mean, right now it's not even by accident because you did three more deals. Right, then it right? was purposeful, right? Yeah. yeah. So how did, how did that end up working out? Like, so, that's fast. Yeah, so know? once we found that we had a knack for like running and managing people's companies, yeah. um, I basically reached out to connections and leads that yeah. I knew and was like, hey, do you want me to come in and run your company, right? Yeah. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay. And we do the fifth, now we do a 50-50 thing. Yeah. And with oh, the, way, wow. the way we position it is like this. Like we, business has multiple like components, right? Like right. there's marketing, sales, operations, finance, HR. It goes on and yeah. on and on. And we're like, we take care of 80% of the business and you focus on the 20% which you're good at, which is like shooting content and coaching and fulfillment. Yep. But we do everything else. And so we'll you guys handle business. the leads and stuff like that? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, wow. We are, we're not even like, we don't even do consulting for equity. We are consult, we're in, implementation for equity. So yeah. we work, we kind of work in the business with our team. Which is like a better deal, I feel like, right? Well, because instead of you, just consulting? Right. If you want to ask for like 50%, you better be doing a lot more than <laughs> That's true. like just consulting, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So now transition to like the personal branding side with the sales stuff. Right. So that one, I mean, like I said, I was a sales director before. Um, I was actually a commission closer. I yep. started my career. The story was I saw Dan's ads. I had no money, but I was like, 
I think I just somehow I knew I wanted to learn sales because I graduated college at that time. I commissioned in ROTC, but I was like, I need to learn sales. And so I took my credit card, money in half, joined his program, went as a closer. Um, I made my first six figures uh, through sales commissions, yeah. which is great in my first year. Oh, wow, um, that is good. Yeah, first year doing sales straight out of college, right? Yeah. And better than my peers who graduated oh, yeah, and worked dude. corporate nine-to-five jobs, you know? Yeah. It takes it yeah. takes people long to do that in commission-based sales, you know, if they don't have any, like, base or anything like that. Right. Or, yeah, right. That's what and, and I think Dan saw the potential, and he promoted me. He brought me in his company, promoted me up, up you know, up, like, sales manager, director, executive sales director. Yeah. And then, then my personal brand basically stemmed off the fact that, like, I've been coaching salespeople for four years. So I'm just going to continue talking about sales and sales management, right? And sales operations and things like that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. So out of the two, which one do you care about the most? <laughs> I think you're going to ask that. I think, I think when I look at the, it's interesting. Actually, I, I look at it like short-term, long-term, right? Short-term, right. long-term. And I believe like both will be equally powerful. But I think if we get really, really good at M&A, I still think long-term, the equity play, the roll-up play, you know, the exits and all that, that's definitely bigger. But with that being said, you mentioned this yourself for your events, right? And I learned this from you. Um, your personal brand will carry you throughout life. Right. So, it, like, in the long run, after decades, I mean, it's going to be there with you forever. Yeah. So, I think both are equally important. I mean, right now, the, the, the money now is definitely the uh, private equity stuff. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So, okay. Got it. I, I love that. And I love that people end up hiring you um, to kind of help, one, run their businesses. Because that's, <laughs> uh, I feel like not too many people, or uh, unless they're, like, at a certain level, yeah. They just don't know what to do, right? Not too many people know. Right. You need HR. You need finance. You need operations. Legal, you need marketing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good good offer. I think both of them are good offers mm-hmm. uh, of what you help do. And basically, it's kind of almost like a no-brainer because you're helping them either generate more money, giving them more free time. Um, that's it, I think. I, I think that's like the two biggest yeah. stuff. So, um, did you read the book, like, like from Alex well, Hermosi? Definitely, like- hundred mil offers. I mean, that's like that blew my mind. I was trying to create, like, you know, Alex calls it the gla- the Grand Slam offer, right? Uh-huh. I was thinking about it a lot. Like, what could I do with like sales and sales management? Because like, there's a lot of sales programs already out there. I didn't want to just have another sales course. Yep. Right. I I'm working on right now something that's more like sales management focused. So, how do business owners kind of run, manage, grow, scale their sales teams? I'm working yeah. on that. Um, but it's really cool because like. I get reached out to a lot uh, from, for, from people wanting me to build their sales teams. And what happens is the conversation naturally shifts from just sales teams to like everything else. Right. So the sales actually is like an entry point for me to discuss the private equity stuff, which is really nice. Yeah. It's like a lead-in. Yeah, it's yeah. the gateway to the bigger stuff. Exactly. So because once they see the work that you're doing on the sales side, they're like, okay, well, I want you to manage this other stuff too. Right. Right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. got it. And so if somebody wanted to work with you, um, how does it look like? How do you end up uh, kind of working with, through, with, like, with them and kind of not necessarily just managing the team, but building out the sales team in general? Yeah. So if we're talking about just the, I call it a scale team. So a scale team setup, right? I like that. So basically what, what happens is obviously we do a discovery. I need to understand what, so first of all, there are people like with no sales teams yeah. and people with existing sales teams. Now, to be frank, I actually prefer working with people with existing sales teams because I come in and kind of look at what's working, what's not working. Yeah, and, and then I kind of tweak it, right? And I kind yeah. of optimize everything. And I, I don't have this, like, some people, I mean, I don't, I don't have the, the, the idea where, like, you have to do everything by my book, even though we have a lot of playbooks that work, but we want to customize it to your business, your culture, yes. your style, your flavor, because it's really important, you know? Yeah. We want it to be original. So that's good. 
Um, so we first step one is just to see like, do you have a sales team? No sales team, right? If you don't have a sales team, like why? Right. Why did you never have a sales team? Or like, what was the reason? And also, what are you looking for? Because there are people that want an in-house sales team that reports and contracts directly to the company. Yep. And there are also people that prefer or don't mind an outsourced sales team, which is what we do as well. Oh, so you guys place, yeah, you guys place the, the, place, the sales rep. We also do the outsource done for you sales agency where we manage, fire, recruit, uh, report on all sales. So Damn. that is like a ref share thing. Um, and that is basically, yeah, we run, we run the whole team for you, but it's like an outsource team, but we take care of everything. So you don't have to worry about that. Basically. So, okay, good. So for businesses that are listening, um, you know, when people think of providing a commission, you know, commission to a commission-based sales team, yeah, I think that they usually give 10%. Or fifteen percent, pretty high, like to the closer, right? The individual to closer. The closer. Yeah. So for yeah. you, because you're placing it yeah. for them, and you're doing the whole outsourcing thing, what do you charge? Yeah, you said it's so, revenue share. So yeah, so ref share, it's the same thing. I mean, it's like so ten percent is what you would pay the closer. Yeah. But because we bring in our manager, our infrastructure, our systems, our reporting, our our um, ops person, we take anywhere from twenty to twenty five percent. And Additional? That, no, no, no. So, well, 20 including the setter and the closer and the manager's comp. Okay, got so it. So, it's like 20 to 25, and you get a manager, you get closers, you get setters. Yeah. And you get auto reporting. Yeah. And you get, yeah, you basically get everything. Yeah. Okay. So, the only way they get the leads, though, is if they do the private equity stuff. The, you mean like if we do lead gen for them? Gen yeah, for that. that's like, that's completely different. That's like profit share. And then yeah. we switch our, we switch from ref share from the sales team to like profit share. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's killer. And you learned all this from, from working definitely, with Dan? Yeah. I mean, super grateful to Dan, my first mentor. Right? He's my first mentor. Now I have many mentors, but right. he's definitely my first. Like I always say this, like Dan helped me get to multiple six figures. Yeah. Um, and then like now I have different mentors like Jeremy Haynes, Jay, for example. Yeah. Now yeah. they're helping me get to like seven, right? And yeah. multi seven. So, yeah. But yes, I learned all that from working uh, as an executive in Dan's company. Yeah. I know, and I was talking to you, um, I think it was like two days ago when we were walking around the mall, and like, or you've invested in so many things. Dude. Oh, yeah. Like, you have so many kind of things going on for you. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, so many things going on for you, you know, and yeah. you're just like a sponge. Right. Why, um, right. You know, for people that are that don't invest in themselves, mm. why are you investing in, in yourself mm. in so many different areas? Are you, mm. are you seeing, like, massive growth that way? Totally, or? totally. I know Alex Hermosi always harps on this, but, like, I believe the best investment is in yourself. Yeah, I think at my age, I'm 26, right? Yeah, not far from you, I believe. Right. I think at our age, um, if, and even if you're 30 or 40, right? Like, your yourself as an investment will produce the most ROI than any real estate, a stock, or crypto could ever do. Yeah. Right? I think these these things are great, and I think you can diversify and have some investments here. But I think that's a later game play for me. Yeah. I think right now, all the monies I make, I put it back in myself because I also believe you can, you can. Pay, so you probably heard the term like. Um, money loves speed or you could yes. buy you could buy revenue at a discount yeah. i believe you can yes. pay to get money faster that's yeah. what i believe so no dude yeah. i believe the same thing my second core value in the business is the universe loves speed oh like, i love that um i heard grant say this once he said like you know it, the, the moment you start slowing down your environment starts to become threatening right it's almost as if like uh if you start slowing down like things start happening to you instead of for you ah you know yes. so like um i agree like with yeah. you about money loves speed everything loves speed you know right You'll get rewarded that way. Right. Um, how do you implement that? I mean, obviously, <laughs> you did three M&A deals, like, in five months. Yeah. Like, you definitely left four. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, four? Yeah. yeah Fucking exactly. crazy. Yeah. So, out of, all, every, out of everybody that you're kind of learning from, who would you attest more of, like, the, the growth that you're kind of seeing to right yeah. now? Yeah. So, when I left, uh, so Dan was my first mentor. My second mentor was Rudy Moore. 
Yep. Uh, Rudy Moore. Him, yep. Um, the guy, the man in red. We call him the man in red. Um, right. Yeah. Also worked with Adam Lyons, who's great. Yeah. He's Roland Fraser's head coach. Yeah. And I worked also with Jeremy Haynes. Yeah. I've known Jeremy actually since 2018. Those are all great, by the way. Yeah. Great men. None of them bad. Um, yeah. But I think the most impact right now, I would have to say Jeremy for yeah. sure. Why? Yeah. Because. Like I said, everyone's great, um, but I just like the way Jeremy is as a person. I mean, he was on your stage on Sunday. We were there. It was an awesome event, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy crushed it. He he opened up so many. Um, I guess he shifted my belief so hard during the event about getting richer. Yeah, you know, and I I think Jeremy when he speaks, he's like he's direct, but he and he doesn't give a shit what you think, right? No, he doesn't. He's gonna speak from his heart, whether you like it or not. And yeah. I really respect that. So yeah, yeah that's the reason why. Okay, um, I want to get into a, a, a level deeper. Why do you want to get richer? Why do you care about yeah, that? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So um, this is really interesting because I always thought when I grew up, now, first of all, I didn't grow up poor. Like I didn't grow up like homeless and like, you know, I had no food to eat and stuff like that. I was in a relatively middle-class family. Yeah. I was born and raised in Malaysia. I moved to the U.S. Actually, yesterday was my official 10 years in America. Nice. So yesterday, September 12th, I moved to the U.S. Uh, 10 years ago um, as an international student and all the way through my life, very middle-class. Like, I could afford to go to community college for even as an, as an international student, but I was eating, like, instant noodles every day for lunch. Yeah. Right? So it's like, I, I, I was still grateful that I could come, yeah. but it wasn't, like, the best life, you know? Right. And, like, the reason why for me is this. Like, I still remember vividly going around when I was young to restaurants, going out, and looking at the menu with my parents or family and, like, couldn't afford to eat the things I wanted to eat. Yeah. And I remember those feelings, and those kind of feelings stick with me, right? And I basically vowed to myself that when I get, when I get older, when I... When I can control what I want to do, I don't want to ever feel that ever again. Yeah. The other, the other example is like, um, let's say commercial planes. You fly like flying fly economy, right? I flew economy my, economy my whole life. But are you gonna tell the Jeremy story? No, but this is different. He's a, he's a private jet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still okay. commercial, right? But seriously, like, I do not like flying economy. And so this year, I've only flown business and first. Yeah. But I don't want to ever have to feel like I need to go and fly economy. So these are the reasons kind of why I want to get rich. Basically, you know, it's just like I want options. Yeah. And I hate certain feelings, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I feel it. Because um, I think, like, life has so much to offer and you have so much to live it. But sometimes if you just can't afford some of those experiences, yeah. it's like, dude, you're going to die one day. Why not try it, to, you know? It's just options, right? Yeah, More exactly. Options. I mean, we I mean, we always talk about impacting people. For sure, I want to give back and help. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty strong believer in my faith, uh, yeah. Christianity. So, like, I donate tithe to my church, help yeah. out, right? I definitely want to do that. But for sure, it's to take care of myself and my family first. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And you know what? Like sometimes it doesn't have to be. Uh, oh, I want to change the world, right. and I want to make right. a billion, and I right. want to. You know, Jeremy talked about virtue signaling, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, but you're very upfront and honest. Like you just want to live a good life, <laughs> yeah, you know? That's for me, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, and it's what I tell business owners a lot. I say, look, I, I want to make a shitload of money, so I'm I can do that by helping you. So that's we true. do a fifty-fifty. Yeah. The only way for me to make money is I make you a ton of money, and then it's like transparent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then that way there's no, like, um, it's no just hidden, very direct. You there's know? no hidden agenda. There's no motive, ulterior motive. Yeah, Yeah. No, that's good. So do you believe in, you know, the next five, ten years that you're going to continue doing the stuff that you're doing? Um, or are you going to change? You know, or? this is interesting. Like, I always get asked the question every couple months, like, what, where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years, right? And when I was younger, I used to, I used to try to guess. Now that I'm older, I would say, it's very hard for me to know where I'll be in five to 10 years. And the reason for that is because I see doors of opportunity being opened like every single day, every yeah. single week. And I want to be in a stage to capitalize on whatever. And so I don't want to have my blinders on and say, 
there's only one I'm going to do and I'm going to stick to this. But I do think there's a certain level of focus that needs to happen. So for sure, right. like the private equity stuff, because it's, it's, it's I mean, private equity M&A is really top of the business. Game. Agreed. So like there's really nowhere else I could go above that. So I yeah. definitely want to get good at that. It's new for me. I can definitely see myself working on that for a few years for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And when you say like you see opportunities daily, um, are you open to all of them? That's where I had to learn to say no to many things. Yeah. What happened was when I, you know, when I first quit my first month, I said yes to way too much, but they were all like flops, right? Yeah. Invested too much time in this project and this opportunity, in this partnership, in this venture. And then most of them failed because I was so split focused. Yeah. Right. A bit like the shiny object stuff. Yeah. So I had to quickly like fix myself. I'm not doing that and like focus. But I'd say you, you, you did it quickly because, um, I mean, you're what, how many months are you in right, right now? Like five? You said? Yeah, I quit and I quit my company in April, end of April, so May, yeah. start May. Yeah. So you do realize that like most people, they have to spend years doing that type of stuff to <laughs> finally realize. Yeah. I don't think this is gonna work. You know. Right. Right. For you, you realize right. it first thirty days. Yeah. And again, super grateful because that's thanks to my experiences at dance company. Yeah. I, I could mature a lot faster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do believe that's a skill that people have to learn. For people that let's say didn't get the Dan Luck uh, treatment, where they learned a lot of that mm -hmm. type of stuff, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them? Um, before I give that advice, I will also have to add that I yeah. was also, I'm also a, a commissioned officer in the military. So that helped a lot because I went through basic training, AIT, the military mm. training and stuff like that. So that helps with like maturity and leadership. Yep. But I think if you haven't got any of that, what you should definitely do, the, you know, whoever's listening to this, like invest in mentors, get a one-on-one -on -one mentor, right? Like Cody Jefferson spoke on Sunday. Yeah. He's a great mentor for men. Right. It's Garrett White, right? There's yep. even, um, there's a lot of female entrepreneurs like, um, um, Sue Akemi Fisher, for example, um, Marie Folio. You can learn yeah, from all these yeah. different people. So I would say that's the fastest and the best way. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, how did you end up choosing those those guys? Because um, my mentors. Yeah, because you know, Good there's question. there's a lot to choose from. There's like so many. I think the advice I would give for that, and what I did was, you start watching their free content first. So you watch their YouTube videos, you watch their Instagram reels, and you start like resonating with their, you know, the way they speak, who they are, right? Yeah. And you would naturally like, oh, I like this guy, I don't like this guy, you know. And, and then I think from there you gravitate towards whoever you resonate with the most. Yeah. I would say that's like that's what I did. Um, but also like I knew Jeremy, for example, Jeremy Haynes from working at Dan. Right. So I already had. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I, he worked in, you know, we worked mm -hmm. back in the day, four years for four years. So, um, so for Jeremy, it's like I knew him, and yeah. I saw his, I saw his growth. Well, this is really important. While a lot of people were stagnating or like declining, especially during COVID, Jeremy was growing. Yeah. And that's a sign. Yeah. And I want to follow people that are growing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So for the people at home that are listening and they want to work with you, um, how does it look like working with you in terms of sure. the sales side and yeah. then the, the, the other side? That yeah. So really great. So for the sales side, we run a done for you sales agency. We take a 10K onboarding fee. That's yeah. all the setup. So we basically do the first couple hires, the reporting, the product training, because we've got to learn your products, right? And your offers. Right. So that includes the training for all that, the sales manager's time as well. Then we just take it, like I said, 20 to 25% ref share. And that's for the sales side. Yeah. And for the private equity, the profit share side, we take care of the marketing, the sales, the operations, consult on HR, legal, and finance. And all you have to do is work on the fulfillment and the content creation. And for that, we do a 50-50 profit share. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's pretty simple. Very simple. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm sure it's a lot more complicated on you guys <laughs> then, you know, I mean, but. like I do still do, um, coaching. So like, for example, I've coached Rudy Moore's sales team. I've coached, yeah. I'm coaching Brandon Carter sales team, right? Like I still do those one offs, but those are more custom right now. And people have to contact me for like a proposal. Right. So that's still, that's still a thing. Yeah. yeah. What do you see the transformation is when somebody ends up working with your company? 
uh, for like just for the, in general? Uh, no, for the sales side. Like if they oh. don't have a sales team or oh, they sure. do have a sales team and you optimize it, oh, yeah. what transformation oh, yeah. do they get? I can tell you an example. I can give uh, pure stats like for Henry's company, Investive Henry LLC. Uh, the, before he worked with us, his conversion was at like 25% conversion rate on yeah. leads. And he was like doing a mill. He did a mill in 2021. Yeah. This year, we're on track to three mil while maintaining, you know, 60 something percent margins. And our conversions have gone from 25 to like 40%, 45%. Wow, that's and our show up rates have gone up to like 90%. What? Right. So because, again, we have the SOPs, the playbooks, the systems that we yeah. develop, right? So we just implement that and then it, it works. It just works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, e even just increasing show up rate is huge. Oh, it's huge. You know, yeah. people are like, they schedule and then they're like, they forgot they scheduled. And, yeah. you know, yeah. so, um, you know, tell us, <laughs> how do you get people to show up? Yeah. So great. I mean, I knew you were going to ask that. We got a, we basically, I call it, um, I call it like automated and like human to human. So mm -hmm. we always do both. So the automated stuff, you probably know, it's like sending an automated email, right? Yeah. Sending automated text, yeah. right? Doing a sequence to make yeah. sure they all read the case studies and everything, right? Reminder, right. that's good but that's not going to get you the highest short rate. Yeah. So we do the human to human. So what that looks like is we have all our reps give the, the, the prospect a call the day before and say, hey, I'm Joel. It's so nice to meet you. I'm excited to speak to you tomorrow. I just want to take you know, three minutes of your time today and just introduce myself and just make sure that we are on for tomorrow. Did you check out the case study I sent you yesterday, right? Yeah. We do that human to human. And that's the magic right what, there. What if they don't answer? Text. So okay. we do uh, not just text, but like social media DMs. Yeah. Oh, because shit. You can, yeah. You, can, you can only automate text and email, but you can't automate social media DMs. Right. So the, but the salesperson can go in social media DM, right? Yeah. And that's, that's human to human. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's part of their, um, that's part of their like daily to do, daily responsibilities of what they have to do. Yeah. Yep. And, oh, yeah, you have and, to do and that. still with the same commission. Oh, yeah. What? Because think about it, right? As, as a commission salesperson, I'm, I only eat what I kill. Yeah. Wouldn't it be in my best interest for people to show up? It is. But right. what I found, and maybe, I don't know, I'm not as good as you with that stuff, <laughs> but uh, what I found is like salespeople only want to do one thing, and it's they only want to show up to the call and, you know, do the DC True. or call. True. They don't want to report. They don't want to put in the in stuff in the daily sales tracker. They don't want to move anything in the CRM. Yeah. You know what I say for that? I mean, that's, to me, that's just a simple coaching issue, easily yeah. fixed. But you need the right manager, you need the right system, you need the right directors. Yeah. And it's a coaching issue, right? But though not, there's nothing worse than being a commissioned salesperson and then, you know, starting your day excited with like eight, you see on your calendar, right? I got eight calls today, right? And then and none of them show up. I've just wasted my whole day. Yeah, that's I could have so just true. gone to the beach, right? Like, yeah. like, yeah, so, you know, it's a coaching issue. So you so. show them that it's in their best interest to take these calls and not take these calls, but call them ahead of time message them in dm totally mm -hmm. totally they're we, gonna make more we we close them to do those things but we also give them like the, for, for my team for example uh if you're on my team as a salesperson you have rewards and you have consequences mm -hmm. if you fail to follow sops we actually deduct your pay wow and people are okay with that people that work because because i always tell them like we are elite navy seals if you yeah. want to be on the sales team you got to be a navy seal a navy seal doesn't just like f around and do their own thing whatever they want be lazy right so there are standards you have to follow. Yeah. And th th those are the kind of people we attract to our clients and our yeah. partners' teams too. How do you find and recruit these people? Yeah, great question. Um, I mean, I did that for four years, at, you know, for Dan, with Dan. Um, we've co-instructed over 10,000 salespeople. So a big pool of that is from the people I've trained already. Mm -hmm. But okay. also we do a lot of, uh, we do Upwork for like freelance uh, closers. We do yep. Indeed, uh, IndeedMonster.com job postings and LinkedIn recruiter, LinkedIn jobs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then... I'm pretty sure that you do have some sort of process for vetting these guys. Totally. We have something we call a uh, negative qualification framework. Okay. Or what that basically is, is like, 
you know how like an interview process, uh, every company has its own like steps, right? Yeah. But for us, we have like six hoops. So very, very, very quickly, the first hoop is like obviously like apply to the job posting, but then send in a video. If you can't even send in a video, that's the first disqualifier, right? Yeah. Then, then they come in for the interview. We do a role play. You pat, and we do two role plays, the first screening and then the final interview. So if they fail either one, they're done. Yeah. Now let's say they pass that. Then they get like into the, we, we call it like a Slack channel where they're like selection mode, selection phase. Mm-hmm. In selection phase, they're given like three more tests. And that's like complete this HubSpot certification, get a certificate from HubSpot, and then take the exam from HubSpot. Yeah. And people fail that because they're lazy, you know? So yeah. all these things naturally wipe people out. And then when we hire them, we have a 30-day probation. They have to actually do, do well in that probation period. And, and well means what? They close deals? Oh, uh, yeah. They hit KPI. So for every account, it's different. Mm-hmm. But we do, like, a setter has, like, number of appointments they need to set that are qualified. For a closer, yeah. it's, like, a certain percentage conversion. So okay. setters, in my book, are people that are basically setting an appointment for the closer. Um, what if none of them are qualified from like the marketing stuff? Are they setting their own appointments too? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I teach that there are four types of setters. Okay. So that's a DM setter. And within a DM setter, there's two kinds. There's the warm DM setter who works with your Instagram, your inbound stuff, your Facebook. But there's also the cold DM setters. Cold are the ones that go out to like other people's Facebook or Discord channels and like pitch. Yeah. And then we have the triage setter, which is like the two-step, the first guy that qualifies. That's the triage setter. And then we have the what I call the outbound dial setter. So the outbound That's dial powerful. setter is the one that like calls, right? Yeah. Uh, we typically don't do cold calling. So we don't want to buy a random list online and call it. But it's yeah. like leads that have you talk, you've talked to. So um, basically your question was what? Get them to. Yeah, yeah. Like what? Uh, I mean, you kind of answered it oh, with the okay. four different. Yeah. yeah, we have four different kinds of setters. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. So last piece of advice for people, for companies that want to essentially boost their sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and they only want one thing that they need to do. Not, not, not for, not any, any right. of that, that stuff. Right. What would you, what would you tell them? Wow, that's a, this is a hard question. Um, because there's so much you actually have to do to, to get an optimized sales team. But what I would say for sure is, ah, okay. Start tracking your metrics. Yes. You'd be surprised at how many companies do not track metrics, right? Yep. I asked them and they're like, um, I think, <laughs> oh, you know, my guy knows. I don't, you know, like, I'm like. Dude, what are you? What, you can't run a business if you don't track. So step one is track metrics. Yeah, <laughs> most simple thing you could do. Yeah, right? dude, I remember when uh when I went through this company called like Two X. They asked yeah. me like, "What's your call process?" I'm like, "I have a one call close," you know. Yeah, yeah. But I do not have a one call close. It's very rare for companies right. to have a one call close, right? Right. right. Like well, depending on your niche, right? Like depending on your sales cycle too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think for like high ticket, I think it's super hard to have a one call close and close them for cold outbound leads. Well, cold outbound like a cold lead. Yeah, like a cold lead. Oh yeah, for sure. Then you need yeah, yeah, follow up, yeah, follow ups yeah. and everything. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I thought, and obviously I didn't know what the hell I was talking about mm. at that time, you know. Mm. Um, but all right, well, dude, I appreciate you. Um, where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, so we've got a couple. Well, my website is joelyi.com. That's my first name and last name.com. My Instagram is official joelyi, and then my private equity stuff is on profitscalers.com. Got it. Thank you so much. You crushed it. Thank you, Ulysses. Appreciate it, man. Ready? Nice.